Star Splitter. Hey guys, Danny Keen here. Thank you for checking out my Star Splitter podcast, a collection of science fiction short stories. Today's episode involves grief and being the last human with a soul. Please check out our Star Splitter Patreon page to support us on our journey. Thank you. Immortal Death I'm the only human on the train. I lean my head against my headrest and watch the other train car passengers. Of course, the rest of the humanoids would call themselves humans, but even they would agree that after letting their consciousness be downloaded into an android's body, their humanity became questionable. But everyone did it. Everyone except me. Across from me, a young woman rests near the window, the world beyond her moving quickly. Through the windows, three sister skyscrapers cut the skyline like a trio of knives cutting the vaulting sky. Everyone on the train knows that I'm human. My flawed features are painfully obvious in a world where perfect attributes are the norm. Two busty women with fine eyebrows, small waists, and large butts side-eye me and giggle. I avert my eyes and swallow hard. Becoming a humadroid did have its benefits, immortality chief among them. If your robotic body were to break down or get destroyed, within reason they could save your consciousness and download it into another body. You could live forever and never have to face death. Customizing everything about yourself, your body shape, hair, eye color, everything. You could learn a skill instantly via a quick download from the net, not to mention athletics had become even more competitive and intense. Though they now resembled car races rather than actual human sports. But there were whispers, whispers of the downside of the droid's way of life. The woman across from me pulled a glass tablet from her bag, and the screen lit up her face in the dim interior of the train. She had an upturned nose, fine, high cheekbones, and thin, pleasant-looking pink lips. Though pretty, she didn't have the perfect ones most women now had. A thin scar lined the edge of her jaw. An odd aesthetic choice for a humanoid. But then again, having physical flaws is considered edgy now. I had seen a few others flaunt artificial scars or other body modifications like it. She combed her blonde hair back behind her small ears. Her thin fingers glide over her tablet's display and then pause, giving a glimpse of chipped red nails. A longing so deep inside me awoke. I miss having conversations with real souls. I know she's artificial like everyone else, but... Seeing her false imperfections makes my heart ache. They remind me of her. The corners of my eyes suddenly burn. I grunt and try to nonchalantly wipe away the tears from my eyes. The last human I had seen had been five years ago. It had been my mother before the procedure. She had been so ill that the doctors had recommended an immediate transfer into the new body leaving her humanity behind. 
Semi-conscious, she conceded, but she regretted it soon after. A lump forms in my throat, and I look down at the tablet in my own hands. The jet train rocks gently, gliding smoothly at speeds impossible to truly comprehend. For a long time after Mother, I'd yearned for another human to talk to, but after such a long time, I'd gotten used to speaking with the semi-human populace. They thought differently than I did, but I'd learned to adapt. Boom! The train bucks, and I sprawl onto the floor, my bag and its contents spilling everywhere. Startled screams and shouts echo across the cabin. Boom! Screeching and metal crumbling fills my ears as the surrounding windows begin to shatter and glass flew in every direction. The girl braces herself against the back of the next seat, screaming. The train car tips, and my fingers slip, and I tumble end over end, hitting seats, walls, floor, and the ceiling. With a jerk, I lose consciousness. Mother sat on the porch. The rain slammed the ground and trees in a torrent of puddles that roared in my ears. i just got home from work and hurried to the shelter of the wraparound with my bag over my head as partial shield. I was soaked by the time I reached the house's eaves. Mother sat in the same rocking chair she'd held me when I was a baby. Its white paint, chipped and worn, glowed faintly in the dim light from the kitchen. Mother smiled faintly at me with her now perfect ruby lips and her flawless synthetic eyes. Her newly made brown hair slouched across her shoulders. For being nearly 70 years old, she didn't even look a day over 30. Hey, I said. Hey, she said back. I turned to go inside but stopped. Everything okay? Yes. Mother said, and met my gaze again. She smiled, this time a sad smile. I'm fine. Why? You just seem off. She ignored my comment and walked to the edge of the porch and hugged herself as if she were cold. But no human droid was ever cold. The song of elements pattered and splashed around us for a long while before she spoke again. Ever since I... Mother scratched her arm. I am not the same. What do you mean? They said things would be different. But not this different. What kind of... I mean, what do you mean by different? I sat in the chair next to her rocker and stared at her thin, straight back. We knew things wouldn't be the same. But at least you are... Alive? Right. If you call this living, she said bitterly. Confused and a little concerned, I walked to her and touched her elbow. You're scaring me. What's going on? I don't know what's wrong. I just, I feel like I lost something of myself. And no matter what I do, 
I can't find it again. I don't understand. The sound of rain. It's... I don't know. Muted? Touch doesn't feel the same. The world seems far away. It is like I'm here, but not. You are... She stopped and turned to me with fresh tears welling in her eyes. You don't even look the same to these... She gestured sharply at her face. These eyes. The world is less. Just less. Oh, mama, I said, and pulled her into a hug. In the past, mother and I had discussed the possibility that when a person died and came back as an android, their soul never made the transfer. In so doing, making the person only half alive. And I knew deep down, Mother was afraid she'd lost her soul. As a religious woman, that was one of the worst things that could happen to her. But perhaps God had allowed her to jump bodies. I don't know. But was it worth losing a part of yourself for immortality and beauty? Without telling me, Mother went to the euthanasia clinic and deactivated her unit, effectively erasing herself from existence. Her selfishness broke me, and for years I struggled with hatred. I despised humadroids. I loathed the world. I even hated my mother for a very long time. And ever since then, I couldn't even consider becoming a human droid. Whether it was fear that I'd lose my soul or make my mother roll in her digital grave, I didn't know. But after a while, I had realized that I was one of the last true humans in existence. Everyone was going synthetic. The time between sighting a real human went from days to weeks, months, and years until I was completely and utterly alone. I awoke with a sharp pain in my side. Flames licked the air and smoke billowing into the chaotic space that used to be the train car. Robotic parts lay everywhere. Legs, torsos, heads. A synthetic arm rests on my shoulder. Shuddering, I brush it off and sit up stiffly. Another sharp pain rockets through me. A piece of shrapnel protrudes from my ribcage. My hands wrap around the piece of metal, but I stop. I seem to remember reading about the dangers of pulling something out of a puncture wound and bleeding out. I let it be and struggle to my feet. Through the smoke, I see other robotic bodies lying in seats. Then I see her. The young woman is lying partially covered by two android bodies with a cut on her temple. Blood oozes from the wound and drips to the floor. A moan escapes her parted lips. I freeze. Shock rocks my world, and I struggle to comprehend what I'm seeing. Blood. Red. Blood. My core explodes into a million emotions. She bleeds red blood, not the clear android liquid everywhere else on the train. She's human. 
shaking, I rush to her. The flames roar, smothering me with every breath. I cough and pry the droid bodies off her. She blinks and her eyes flutter open. Let's get you out of here, I say. Through the murk, I see that one section of the wall had completely torn away. I lift her through my own agony and stumble through the opening. The moment we exit, I gasp and cough, falling to my knees. The young woman's eyes open again and she gags. What? What? She struggled to find the words between coughing fits. You're okay, I say. You're going to be okay. My voice cracks. At this moment, I'm not sure if I'm talking to her or myself. But in either case, I can't let her die. She's probably the last real person I'd ever see. Sirens whir in the distance, and flashes of red and blue burst. Thank God. The emergency personnel are coming. I struggle back to my feet and limp toward them, gasping. My lungs burn and my side explodes with pain, but I don't stop. I don't dare. The girl's eyes are slipping closed again. No, no, stay with me, I say, panting. What? What's your name? She seems to wake up a little, but her eyes were half closed. Anne. Good to meet you. I'm Jack, I say. Her eyes completely close. No, don't close your eyes. Not yet. You had a head injury. You need to stay awake. She groans and forces her eyes open. Tell me something about yourself. Like a hobby or where you grew up. You need to stay awake. She begins to mumble and I listen, struggling to force one foot in front of the other. Then the paramedics arrive, surrounding me, just as my knees give out. The world begins to swirl and dip. I find myself lying on my back. The paramedics work over us, getting gurneys, scanning our bodies with small monitors, and shouting information and orders. I slip out of consciousness, but not before I catch Anne's eyes looking into mine. Thank you, she mouths. And for the first time in a long time, I don't feel so alone. Thanks for listening to this episode of Star Splitter. See you next time.